Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. How many believe that tonight? The mission field is wherever you are. How many believe that? Isn't that a good? I, I love, I love that. Everybody say mission field. All right, y'all have to come alive now. I know it's Wednesday night and midweek, but y'all know we don't do, we don't do, we don't do low key on Wednesday night. We do get excited, like I'm thinking to be Oprah Winfrey and hand out some something. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no cars to give out tonight. I ain't got no cash to give out. But how many knows I do have something that I have no? What's the Bible say? I, I have not money. I don't, but what I do have. What I do have can change your life. Amen. His name is Jesus. So let's say that together tonight. Say mission field. You know what? When, whenever I was watching that video, because whenever you hear the word mission field, which, which Kelly and Sabrina are getting ready to do that, when you hear the word mission field, you automatically think palm trees and dirty beaches and third world countries and all that stuff, kind of what they were trying to create there for just a moment. Um, but I believe that the mission field is it's the streets where you live. It's the city that you live in. Uh, it's where you work, and it's where you do life. That's the mission field. How many believe that tonight? That is, that is the mission field. Ma- as a matter of fact, Matthew 28, 19 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? Go into all the world. Now, everybody, again, whenever we say go into all the world and preach the gospel, what you automatically think in your mind is, again, going across seas, getting on an airplane, and go to a third world country. That's what you think. But how many have ever heard the term? I know I say it all the time to Amy. It's your world, baby. I'm just living in it. Y'all, y'all ever heard that? It's, it's just your world. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just thankful to be, you know, in this thing. Because she'd be like, where do you want to go to eat, baby? It's your world, whatever you want. I'm learning, man. After 14 and a half years of marriage, marriage I'm learning that it's whatever she wants that will make me happy. Because when mama's happy, everybody in the house is happy. And the church said, Amen. Amen. But it's so true. It's so true that so whatever world you're living in, wherever you are, wherever street you live on, wherever you're working, that's your world. So go into all the world, go into your world and and preach the gospel and and share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's called making disciples. What does that even look like? What does making disciples even look like? This is kind of what I wrote down. I said, it's what we do with what we've been given. It's what I do with what God's given me. I'm not even in the message. I'm just going to give you just a few appetizers. How many go, you, when you go to a full course meal, you get an appetizer before the main course? Well, this is called the appetizer. It's what we do with what we've been given. And a lot of times I was actually watching that video uh, this afternoon at the house, and I do that a lot right before I go back into looking over my notes and stuff, um, just to kind of get on track with where God wants the heartbeat uh, for us for the next 25 minutes. Like, where, where's it at? And I was re-watching that video and I was thinking, because it was, it was saying that the mission field will pull you out of your comfort zone. Well, I believe God's love. When we really get a hold and grasp God's love for us, which is the topic of where we're, we're going tonight. We're going to conclude this message tonight. God's will and God's love will pull you out of your comfort zone. It will change your perspective. When you really grasp God's love for you, it will change your perspective. And through changing your perspective, it will change your habits. How many got some habits that, that you know probably need to be changed or you would like to be changed. Well, can I just share with you, if you will really grasp, wrap your mind around God's love for you, it will change your perspective. And as your perspective is being changed, so will your habits. 
I was thinking, uh, I was thinking over the past 24 hours, and I actually hit social media with this. I said, what you see me doing and how I'm, you see me responding to life circumstances says everything about what I think about God. Whatever you see me doing, how you see me responding to ups and downs of life, how, how, I, how I'm doing when, it's, when things are going good, but what really tells the story of where I am and how, I, how I've received God's love is, is how, what you see me doing when things are going bad. Hello. Like that really tells, if you want lemons, you just squeeze that lemon. You, squeeze, you want lemonade, you squeeze the lemon, right? What it, when you get squeezed, whatever's on the inside comes out. Sometimes there's, there's sour fluid in me. When I get squeezed, it, ugly comes out. Hello. Oh, I'm the only one. The rest of y'all been perfect all your life. Ain't got no problems in your marriage. All your kids been perfect all your life, all their life. Okay. Well, y'all want to come up and pray for me because I need deliverance tonight. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But it's true. It's true. Whenever, whenever things get tough, whatever's on the inside of you, that's what comes out. When, when I get squeezed, I want so much of Jesus in me, inside of me, so that when I get squeezed in life circumstances and things that aren't going my way, when I get squeezed and things, I, I, want, I want him to come out. I want, them, I want the flavor of Christ to come out of me. Amen? So we're going to conclude tonight this message that I've entitled simply, Unimaginable Love. Unimaginable love. We all know that God's love is a gift. God's love is a gift. How many... This, this means yes, this means no. Yes, God's love is a gift. How many have ever gotten a gift before that you did? Amen. But you didn't know what to do with it. You ever got one of them gifts? You, you didn't know what to do? You, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. It's the, it's the gift that they, they give you, and you, put, you set it out on your kitchen counter because it looks really cool. It's real, it's real flashy. You don't know what to do with it, but you know it was real expensive. And when your friends come over, family come over, you want them to identify with that thing on the counter that you know not of. You like you don't even know what it does. How many ever got one of those gifts? I got this nice gift. I know it's expensive, but I have no idea what to do with it. Okay, I'm going to leave the ladies alone. How about the guys? Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you get something so expensive, somebody gives you a gift, you don't know what it is, but you put it on the workbench in the garage so when your buddies come over to help work on the car or whatever, they, they look at it and they're like, man, you got one of those. And in your mind you're going, yeah, but I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing with it. You ever got one of them gifts? I think we treat the love of God. Bobby, I appreciate your honesty. I, if you need, I'll come over, we'll, do, we'll look at it together. If we got to stand in the corner, just like, I don't know what it is. We'll pull out Google. Siri knows everything. Amen? She'll tell us what it is. Just ask a lady. They know exactly. They, they, they got the answer for everything. Okay, I just went to meddling right there. But um, anyway, the gift of God, I think so many times we treat the gift of God and his love for us, we treat that gift many times like that gift that we don't know what to do with it. And I know I'm in the right place, church. When we receive the gift of, of God's love, the reason we're not, we're, not, we're not pulling it off the kitchen counter and actually doing something with it, the reason we're not going into the garage and actually, actually getting a hold of that weed eater, weed eater, weed eater, that thing that chops down weeds, I, I do know what it is, I can't think. We're going to actually pull that thing out. We're actually going to do something with it. I believe once we really grasp God's love for us and we know exactly what it is and what we're supposed to do with it, we'll use it. We'll use it. We will use it. I think many of us uh, have a distorted view or distortion of who God is and his unimaginable love for us. As I shared last week, for every distorted view that you have of God, for every distorted view you have of God, there's, there is a corresponding consequence. I gave you this as an example, and I'm going to move through this real quick. 
if you think that every bad thing that happens is God's way of getting back at us, everything that, that bad happened, it could be for your neighbor, it could be in your life, everything that bad happens, if you think that's God's way of getting back at us, you will never learn to trust God. You'll never learn to trust him. Another example is every time you screw up, if that means that God's mad at you, you're going to constantly be overwhelmed with guilt Instead of running to God, you're going to run away from God. God is the answer to what we need. But if I constantly feel like every time I mess up, I mean, it, it, it almost is a thing like if, if, I, if I mess up here, I'm afraid to even try again because I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint him again. Okay, but God's love doesn't work that way. Say this with me. Say, God loves me. He loves you in spite of you. In spite of you're not perfect. In spite of you are without sin. God loves you. And he loves me. So tonight, we're going to conclude. And, and through this, this short message uh, we kicked off last week, I was going to give you four implications or four things to look at of how we identify and know God's love. I gave you the first two last week. The first one was this. God wants to be with you. If you're taking notes, write it down this way. God wants to be with me. Man, you need to write that down. You need to make that a screensaver on your phone. And go, I know that God wants to be with me. So that when friends walk away, when family members walk away, when things aren't going right in your life like you think they need to be lining up and you feel all alone, maybe you're single, maybe, or, or, or maybe you're married. And I mean, you can be married and, and sleep in the same bed with somebody and still feel alone. Hello, that's how the enemy wants, that's how he starts the division. But when, you, when those things are happening, whether you're single or married, you pull this back out and go, no, no, there is somebody who loves me. He accepts me. God wants to be with me. That's the first one. We, we, we talked about that last week about how he created man and woman and he created the garden, at a, a place for them so he could spend time with them. God wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. The second one that was this. God identifies with my pain. He identifies with my joy, my hopes, and my dreams. God knows where you are. God understands what you're going through. Again, the main objective of the enemy is to make you feel alone, like nobody understands, specifically in a marriage. He'll try to make me feel like Amy has, we, even though we've been married almost 15 years, he wants me to believe that she has no idea what I'm going through. You think she doesn't know that I'm having a bad day? You think she doesn't know that, that, that I'm not, she knows when I'm not feeling good. I don't even have to say anything. She knows. It could be that I'm past that on the couch. I don't know. But she knows if, if, if I, I've, I've stubbed my toe or my head hurts. Let me tell you something. God identifies with your, he, he identifies with the good things you're going through when, you, when everything's going great. And he celebrates with you. But he also, when you're going through pain, and we saw this last week in the story of, and we won't go back there, but in the story of Lazarus, when Lazarus died, and, and, and they all came and told Jesus, the, the one whom you love uh, has died. And it said, Jesus wept for all of my life. I thought he, he cried because one of his best friends had died. But that wasn't what the word says. He cried because of the, uh, of the sorrow and the mourning of all the other family members. Because Jesus, Jesus, he knew in about 30 hot seconds, he's fixing to raise that brother from the dead. So why would he cry? He was crying because he identified with the pain. So what you need to know is God identifies with where you are in life. Okay, don't believe the lie of the enemy that nobody knows, that nobody cares. And the, the crazy thing about this, this is why I named this, the title of this message, un, 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 um, Unimaginable Love, is because I can't explain it, but it's so amazing to think that this self-existing God who needs no one, listen, God, need, God don't need us. He's God all by himself. He didn't need to create creation and people 
so that he could identify. He was God all by himself. Before there was anything, it was God, okay? But it's so crazy to think that the self-existing God who needs no one has made a choice to be emotionally connected and involved in our lives. He made the choice to be connected and emotionally involved in everything we go through in life. Again, you're not alone. God is with you. And God sees where you are in life and he cares. He values you. God values you. It's so hard for us to understand that because we see, we see shady things going on in life. We see shady deals. We see, I better be careful. We see shady, uh, we see shady relationships. Let me pronounce and stop going southern so I can pronounce these correctly and, and not get it myself in trouble. But we see shady, shady things going on in life. And we think God doesn't see, God sees, God knows, and he values where, he values you. God, can you say that with me? Say, God values me. All right, so number three, the, the third implication, the third thing we can see so that we can, we can understand uh, uh, God's love for us is God's love, excuse me, God loves me apart from my performance. Now, this is a hard one for us to understand. God loves me apart from my performance. He loved me whether I was a worship leader, whether I could communicate his word. He loves me regardless. He loves me. This one is super hard. It's super challenging for us to wrap our minds around. Why? Because when we think about love, the only experience that we've ever had is what? Conditional love. That's the only thing we have to measure love by is condition. I love you if. Some of y'all know. I I used this last week, but I'm I'm going to change it up this way. Husbands, y'all can identify with this one. Uh, or or ladies, when your husband comes home after he's worked all day long and he pulls his car in the garage and he notices that the trash uh, bag got put right there in the garage instead of five feet further where the trash can actually was, the kitchen trash can, are you tracking me? And and So he goes ahead and takes it and throws it in the trash and doesn't say a word. He comes in and notices that she's cooking supper. He goes and sets the table. He didn't even clean his boots off or nothing. He just walks in and, and helps in the kitchen. He notices that her car wasn't washed. So after dinner, after he helps clean up everything, I'm not describing me, by the way. I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture here. And, 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 and he sees that her car needs to be washed. And I'm really not. Believe me, I'm not. Because I, I don't do all that stuff. I know y'all like to believe that I'm that perfect. But I'm not. <laughs> so anyway, so he washes the car before he even closes out the chapter of that day. And what does she say? Honey, I love you. Well, why? It was based on what? Conditions. Come on, ladies, y'all know. And we're guilty of it, too. We see how you do things for us. And, oh, baby, I love you. Let me just scratch your back. And I know you got a headache. Let me massage that out. No, that's, that, 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 that would probably describe where we are, right? Yeah. No, it's for real. For real. But, 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 but we, the only thing we can, we can understand about love is based on what we see and how we run it through our human mind that love is based on conditions. Baby, I love you because. I love you. I love you. Hear this, we in no way provoke or trick or convince or earn or win God's love. You can't do anything to provoke his love. You can't do anything to entice his love. You can't do, any, you can't do anything to earn God's love. He already loves you. He already loves you. Let's go to Romans, the book of Romans. If you brought your Bible, flip, flip in that thing. If you've, got a, if you've got your glowing Bible, man, scroll up on that thing. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans 
Chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Again, you can't do anything to earn God's love. You can't do anything to earn God's love. It's like this. Before you made any promises to clean up your life, before you made any promises, I'm going to do better, before you made any promises that I'm never going to lie again, I'm never going to cheat again, I'm never going to cuss again, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never. Before you did any of that promising, God loved you. It's what his word just said. Before you did anything, before you were even born, God loved you, he knew you, and he accepted you. So stop tripping. Stop all that worrying. Oh my gosh, I gotta do, I gotta do right. He's not gonna love me. No, Ansley Grace messes up at least five or six times in a week. That doesn't change my love for her. Yes, I may become disappointed in some things and there is, there is a way to correct those issues, but that doesn't change my love for her. My heavenly father, the one who created me and created you, he is not in heaven looking down going, that a boy, you almost, I, I wish you would. You, you ever said that? I wish he would come over here. I wish he would say that. I'm going to fire something back on Facebook. Now, listen, God is not up there going, oh, I wish he would because I need to correct something. That's not God. God is not up there looking for ways to, 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 to become so messed up and distorted with you to correct you. He's daddy. I, I don't do that with my kids. I don't believe that God, that's the way God looks at us. How many believe that tonight? Amen. He showed, he showed you and I the ultimate expression of love before you, before you tried or attempted to bring anything to the table. Before you tried to push anything to the table and go, this is what I got to bring. Even if you didn't have anything to bring, he loved you anyway. See, I'm trying to pull back some things that the church and religion and all that other stuff has put, put on us to make us believe that I got I to gotta do something. I got to say this just right. I got to do all this stuff. Now, I'm tired of that. I've been a part of those churches all my life, and I don't want to represent or be on that team that I've got to earn and I've got to prove. And I got Because if I ain't got to prove nothing to God, bless God, I ain't, I ain't got nothing to prove to you. I know that came across a little, but I'm just telling you, I don't like that religious stuff. Well, you, you, just, need to, you just need to you need to do it like I do it. No, 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 no. God doesn't even put me that way. It's a process. Amen? <laughs> it's true. It's true. He doesn't love us because of who we are. He loves us because of who he is. He loves us because of who he is. Okay, let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. It's all the way to the end, almost to the very end of the Bible. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. If you're there, say I'm there. If you already see it on the screen, say, I see it on the screen. <laughs> Y'all got to do better. Y'all bring your word. All right, here we go. First John 4, 16 says, And we have known and believed that that love, excuse me, that love that God has for us. God is love. Everybody say that together. Say, God is love. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. This love he has for us, it's his, it's, it's in, it's his character. It's, it's, it's his nature. It's not something that he does. Yes, God loves us. God loves me. But it's who he is. It's not something that he does. He can't do anything else but what? Love. He is love. It's not based on anything that you or I have done. God is affectionate and he is gracious to us when we're good. And he's affectionate and gracious to us, listen, when we're bad. 
Because God is good. And if we were in, if we were in, if we were in another church, they may say, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. I was trying to take y'all back to old school church, but y'all just, y'all, y'all wasn't there with me. That's okay. Let's keep moving. It's kind of like this. You may have that family member. I know we do in our family who you can describe him. I mean, when I think about, when I think about uh, Robin's uncle Mike in North Carolina, some of y'all met him. He's been here before. He is the most tender, kind-hearted man. Like, it doesn't matter if he, if, if he gets mad. All you see is just, you see Christ. He's one of those guys that when he gets squeezed, it's Jesus is coming out because that's, that's what's on the inside. It is the same description of Jesus that it's not that I'm saying that Mike's Jesus because I believe if you pushed on him just a little bit too much, I believe there's a little something in there that, that, that Jesus might go to the sideway just for a minute. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Even if y'all feel like y'all got all that Jesus in y'all, I know if I came and pushed, you on, pushed on you just enough, there would be some of you coming out. What am I? Yeah? Okay. I love Jesus, but if you mess with me too much, <laughs> something's going to come out. I've always been told if you feel like something's there, you just push on a little bit. It, it, it will show. It will show. That's a good rule of thumb, too, in relationships. Just, just, just a little side note right there. But God is the same way as that family member. It's, it's just who he is. It's just, it's just it's the description of who he is and, and his character and his nature. But what I want us to begin to understand is this. Your sin, your sin, my sin, doesn't make us second class. Listen, our mess-ups and our screw-ups and our shortcomings does not, listen, does not make you second class. He loves you anyway. His love will not change. Nothing can separate us from the love of the Father. Nothing. The real challenge for us as a church is we have to be continually spreading God's infinite capacity to love. That's our challenge. That's our responsibility. To, to, to make sure that we're constantly letting everyone know about God's love for, for them. But, what, but what's, what makes that so difficult is when we don't understand God's love. When he told me to share this message, I was like, but God, how, how, it's, it's unexplainable. It's unimaginable. How do you explain something there, that there are no words? The word even tells us. You can't, you can't pinpoint down and go, this is God's love. So that's why we have a problem with sharing God's love with our coworkers. I know when I say that all the time, you're, you're, the, you're the pastor on your street and you're the preacher and you're the evangelist where you work and when you go pump gas and you go to Walmart, I know you hear that, but we don't know how to exercise that. We don't know how to do that because we don't even understand it for ourselves because we feel like we've got to earn it. I've, I've got to do something. I've always got to have all my, my T's crossed, my I's dotted, and if I'm not, I'm just not a good Christian. That's baloney. Don't, don't listen to that. That's not the word. God loves you regardless. Okay? He loves you regardless. Here's the deal. How do I know this? Because of this. The average person thinks that for them to begin a relationship with God, they have to make some kind of sacrifice. That's what we believe. In order for me to have a relationship with a perfect God, I must be be perfect. I mean, how can I compare? Again, that's where we get in problem because we're trying to compare ourselves to God. (laughs) There was one who did that. And he wanted the same, he wanted, he wanted the, the, same, the same attention that God got, and that got him kicked out of heaven and one-third of the angels. But what we, what we have to reprogram, reprogram our mind is, yes, there is a sacrifice that has to be made in order to have a relationship with him, but hot newsflash, that sacrifice has already been made. 
through Jesus Christ on the cross. Are you listening? Are you following me? There is, there is a sacrifice that has to be made. They feel like that they have to promise to never do something again and, and, and never do that thing again in order to have a relationship with Christ. That's not the, that is not the case. That's why so many lost people and people that don't know Jesus, that's why they don't want to come to church. Because as the church, we presented this gospel that you've got to come and you've got to, you've got to lay everything down. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, I've got to come and give my heart to Christ. And I, when the altar com- call comes, I've got to come down and I've got to surrender and I've got to lay it down. And unless I'm willing to lay all these things down, we, we act like once I lay it down that the forgiveness and love happens as I'm walking back. No, the love and forgiveness already happened before you decided to come to the altar. Okay, it has nothing to do with me going, okay, I'm going to lay these down and I'm going to lay that down. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be looking at that. And I'm going to lay that down. Now I can receive his love. No, his love was there before you ever did that. You just recognized that it was available to you to tap into. Okay, and that's why people don't want to do that. They don't want to give their lives to Christ because they like their things. They like their stuff. It makes them feel good. That's called a self-life. But I'm not trying to beat up on anybody because we all, we all, I'm flesh. There's things that I like. But the reason people don't want to do it is because we presented a gospel that says you've got to lay everything down and be perfect. Then you can wear the title Christian. And that is not the word of God. I'm not trying to mess up anybody's theology or any of that. I'm just trying to say we got to do it like Jesus did it. If we want the results that Jesus had, if we want to live the life like him, as close as we can, we got to do it like he did. If we want to reach the people and reach the lost, reach the people who come in with questions, really, uh, 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 if we want to reach the people who are coming in with all this, these issues, if we want, we've got to do it like he did it. We've got to communicate it the way he did. I got to slow down sometimes like that. It's not that I lost it. It's just. I'm so passionate about it. I want to make sure that I communicate in a way that that makes the get it factor go up for you. Where you go, I get that. I get that. We got to be like that. God, help me grasp that. Help me to help me to wrap my mind around that. I, I don't. I don't have it all together, but yet you love me. It's like that's how simple it is to go up and, to somebody that you work with and go, dude. I know you ain't perfect, but come hang out at church with us. It'll make you feel, the situation you got going on at work, just come hang out with us. You'll feel so much better. Either either we believe come as you are, or we don't. Stop saying it, stop wearing the t-shirt, rip that bumper sticker off your car, and stop putting it on the church website. They can either come as they are, or they can't. And I'm here to tell you, they can come as they are. You missed a good time to clap right there, but I'm just telling you, that's the church we need to be. That's the church we need to be that says, you know what, it don't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you did last night. You just come. I like to look at it this way. You can, you can belong before you believe. Because if not, we're just going to have a room full of a bunch of Christians. And it's just going to be like it is when we get to heaven. No, no, we're here. We're here to reach people. And, and together, well, are we not supposed to have Christians in the church? Absolutely. We're supposed to build each other up. But at the same time, we're supposed to go out and share that message and that love that says, regardless of what you're going through, Jesus loves you. Even though your life seems to be falling apart and it's a wreck, Jesus loves you. That's the answer that we all need. Is God in our lives. Amen? The truth is there is a sacrifice. A huge sacrifice. But it's not required of us. In order to have a relationship with God, there must be a sacrifice. And it was done at the cross. 
It was done at the cross. You can come as you are. God's not going to send. Oh, 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 oh. I, I want to make sure I pause on this one right here. <laughs> make sure you surround yourself with people who are trying to get to the same place you are. Okay? Make sure. I've said this before, but I, I want to I pause and just, just lay here for just a minute. Make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you get to where you're supposed to be getting. I hate when I hear Christians say, let, let me, God sent this person into my life. God's not going to send anybody to help you sin. Hello, church. God is not going to send anybody in your life to help you sin. Don't put that one on God. That's the flesh. So, so you've got to surround yourselves with people who are going in the same direction, who are going to help hold you accountable, and you hold them accountable. It doesn't mean you're... you're i got to find somebody perfect. Good luck. You ain't going to find nobody. But there are people that, that understand what you're trying to get to, and, and if you're in this place, everybody, we should all be going in the same direction, forward. And when we do that, we're going to help each other along the way. But if, if I've got somebody who's trying to go in the opposite direction... If that way is a lot easier, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to change direction and start doing this, and it's a lot more fun than having to deal with all this. But God will give me strength for all this. So if you have to walk by yourself for a time, that's cool. You can do that. But I promise you, if you will keep your priorities straight, him being your priority, make him first, he will line you up with somebody. I saw it in Proverbs, and I don't know where it was at. I saw it today, but it was somewhere. It was in Proverbs can't remember but it said it was talking about um foolish people surround themselves with with foolish people wise people surround themselves with wise but if you surround yourself with foolish people listen harm will come to you that's dangerous you can surround yourself with wise people you're good but if you surround yourself around foolish people who do foolish things Harm will come not to them, the word says, to you. To you. So it's important. That, that's, how, that's why it's important. That we, that we, that's why I love coming in here. To be with you guys. Because I can, I, 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 there's something about when I see that some, you're going through something that I get to build you up. But it's an even greater thing when, you, when you, you, you've got a relationship with me and you notice, hey, something's not right with him. Hey, B, can I pray with you? you got something going on. Like that's how it's supposed to be. And then, and then when I see that things are going good for you, you know what? I celebrate you, man. I don't want to be like, well, who, who do they think they are? No. When things are going good for you, I want to celebrate you because guess what? I need mine, but God ain't going to bless me with mine if I got a problem with him blessing somebody else. Don't be jealous of your, of your brothers who God's blessing because that just, God, God's watching. God's watching. Remember what I said at the beginning of the message? How I respond and what I'm doing reflects how, what I think about God. I love to watch people in the mall. You can, you can learn a lot by just watching people. You can, you can tell how, how, how big and important God is in my life based on how I do things. But I don't really care what y'all think. What I care about is what he thinks. And let me tell you something. He's watching. And if I got a problem with him blessing somebody else, he's taking notice of that. So we got to make sure that our eyes are just fixed on him. Our eyes have to be fixed on him. Amen. So surround yourself, surround yourself with people that will help push you and help 
move you along. People need to know that, that, they, that they can come to God and begin a relationship with them, with him just as they are. That's the message that we need to be telling people in Chiefland, Florida, in Cross City, Dixie County, wherever you live. That's the message that people need to hear. Whatever it is, y'all can come just like you are. It doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter your ethnicity, if that's even the right word. Y'all know where I'm going. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you, what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but I got, it doesn't matter. If we just talk, if people, as they start making their excuses why they can't come to church, if they just heard it didn't matter, and then, and then believe that, make it believable, because you believe it, can you imagine the people that are going to come in? I can come in, man, you can come smelling like reefer. You can come smelling like a brewery. But I promise, when God's love hits you, It'll change. But see, we put in their mind, you must change. You must, you must be it, you must be where I you gotta do it like me. That's not that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me make this very clear so people don't misunderstand me that I that I don't feel like transformation is important. It's very important. But listen, transformation to become more like Christ or Christ-like is not a condition for. You want to write this down because I wrote this down. This was good. It is not a condition for receiving his love. It's a byproduct of his love. Transformation is not about. Transformation is not a condition for, but a byproduct of his love. It's not a condition I have to be in to get it. It's a byproduct of once I'm in it. Okay? So all those people that say or feel like, oh, I got to change something. You ain't got to change anything. You don't have to. The, the sacrifice has been done. You just got to give your heart to Christ. When he saturates you with his love and you begin to express that love to other people, you'll change. It just It just happens. Somebody said, well, but I, I still struggle in some areas. Well, there, you, you got to give it to him. He's not going to just take it from you. And, and, and hear me, I'm not, I'm not being condemning. But it, it, well, well, are you trying to say, Bradley, that, that I'm not in his love because I still... No, I'm not, say, I'm not saying that at all. You come as you are. And as, when, you're, when, you're, when you get to the place where you understand the price that was paid, you'll give him all that stuff. You'll give it to him. Bradley still got issues that I that that I, I, I he's working with me, but I haven't got to a place where I go. No, this one's mine. You can't have it. I, that's not me. But there are many Christians in the church to say that I'm not willing. I'm not ready, and I ain't gonna. What happens is, as we receive His love, transformation will begin to take place in our lives. We can't look at transformation as a way of earning God's love. It's a result of God's love. Number four, this is the last one. God is creatively and actively lining up people and circumstances to express his love. God is lining up people and circumstances to express his love. I'm through when I tell you this. I heard a story not too long ago of, I believe it was in, in India, of 12, 13-year-old girl who had been repeatedly 
sexually abused by her earthly dad. Repeatedly. This is in India. This is a true story. And there was a missionary in the area that knew of the situation. One night, this 12, 13-year-old girl felt so bad about where she was and what was happening to her. Things she had no control over. Felt so bad she slipped out of her tent, got some rope, went to the one tree in her village, and she hung herself. At the same night, at the same, this is a true story. At the same time, there was a, a teenage kid, a dude, a guy, slipped out of his tent because he had to go to the bathroom. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. He saw her and he got her down just in time. The missionary then heard what was, knew the story of what was taking place. There was a church uh, from, te- uh, 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 from, from uh, uh, Tennessee who had just built and put a, a home for, for, for children in this, in this area. And they manipulated a situation to get her out of that situation. To help her, to get her out. And when the missionaries called back to tell the, the senior pastor of the church that was developing all this and to get them there, he said, we're coming next week. you got to make it so that I can speak to her. I want to I talk to her. Remember what I, he, we just heard. God is working circumstances, and he's working things out, and he's lining up people for our good. So the pastor, they fly in his team from, from uh, Nashville to India, to Calcutta. And they were able to talk to the girl and said, we know what you've gone through is unimaginable. Not fair. Doesn't make sense. But there is a God in heaven who loves you, who died for you. And he wants to heal you of everything, everything you've gone through, physically, emotionally. He wants to heal you. So they were able to work with her throughout their, their time there. And one of, the, one of the closing nights for supper at the home, they asked her to pray over the meal. She prayed over the food. And she began to receive, she, started, she could start feeling the healing. She felt the love. I mean, they saturated, the team saturated with her with love. In her prayer at the meal, she prayed that her daddy would experience the same love that she was feeling and the same forgiveness that she was experiencing. She prayed that for her dad who had sexually molested her for over half her life up until that point. Somebody said, what are you trying to say? It's God's love. God lined up. Did, did, God, did God fill that young boy's bladder up so that he'd have to go pee? I don't know. I'm just telling you. God lines things up on our behalf and then once that love captured her and got a hold of her she loved her dad even though he did all those unspeakable things what she knew was if I can feel this good now after it was done to me I want that same love for my daddy listen if we can if we can sit in a church and receive God's love and you're not moved To go out and let other people experience what you have. I question if you have anything at all. 
I'm not trying to, I ain't trying to beat up on nobody. I'm telling you. Either, either I, either I, I, again, it's because we've become a church who's received a gift, but we don't know what to do with it. We can't be that church. We got to be a church that goes, I'm a mess and I need Jesus. I'm a mess and I need Jesus. When people, because if we present, I got to be perfect, they're not coming. If somebody didn't step out on a platform and, and hold a microphone, and Bradley would be lost. Oh, but your daddy was a pastor. Okay, you think that's easy? When Amy and I were going through some of the darkest moments in our marriage, if it wasn't for Pastor Michael C. and Jordan that said, I'm not leaving your house until we talk about all this stuff. Made sure we got in an automobile and drove 85 north to Free Chapel and, 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 and was a part of America. If it wasn't for somebody walking with us, who knows where we would be? So are you prepared to be that for someone else? Someone else's marriage that's just shattered. Someone else who's, who's who, 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 they've got all kinds of stuff going on in their body, ailments and cancer. Are you willing to stand up and go, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You don't have to live through this. You don't have to go through that. Are you willing to do that and tell people, you know what, you don't, have it, you don't have to have it all together. By God, I don't have it all together. But I know God is working with me as I'm understanding his love. Again, all this is, all this that I, it's, it's, it's processing in my head too because I've also believed in order for me to, to do the calling and to, to do things. I mean, I've had people tell me, you can't do, you can't do that. You can't be up there because of this. You can't be up there because of that. I'm not saying I got a bunch of sin in my life. I'm, I'm t- trying to tell you that God is working things out for me every day. Just like you need to position yourself to go, God, I need you to help work some things out of my life. So with every head up, every eye open, and everybody looking around, this is how we got to do it. Because there's people in our city, and there's people in your neighborhood that need Jesus. There's people, you're going to drive by their homes tonight, and there's going to be arguments, there's going to be fights, there could be guns drawn, there could be kids talking back, to, doing crazy stuff, who need to know that they don't have to be perfect to come to a church. And for, for any church, bless God, for any church that makes them feel that way, may God correct that. And may God reconstruct some things in our hearts and in our lives so that we don't, we don't push a gospel on people to make them feel like they have to have it all together and if they don't they'll never get there let me tell you something they'll never come back that's on me that's on you that's our responsibility so if, is anybody here tonight that, that and when I count to three just would stand up and go you know what I want to be I'm, I'm learning listen I said it before I'm going to say it again you don't have to believe and understand to belong in this house you don't have to believe everything and understand everything to be a Christian you just come that's the message that people need to hear you don't have to believe to belong Joel Osteen says it all the time and I don't care what you think about him but I've heard him say this you give me a year of your life and I promise you God will change your change every, change your life because you can't come into a you can't come into an, a place who 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 solely thrives on getting God's presence in a house. And when He comes, you can't sit here for 
for a solid year and God not change your mind, change your heart. It ain't possible. Ain't nobody that hard. Nobody's that hard-hearted. For some, it, take, it, it may take a while. We're cool with that. As a pastoral staff, we're cool with that. It may take a while. A lot of pastors won't say it. it. It may take a while, but you know what? I know how long it's taken me. Man, I'm 41 years old and I'm still learning. But there's people. You're going to drive by their house tonight. You know they don't know Jesus. You know they got all kinds of issues in their home, family, whatever. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna pull up in the parking lot at work tomorrow beside somebody else who probably been cussing you out, talking about you behind your back, trying to hold you back from getting a promotion. And you know what? You, you pray for them. You can't be mad and upset with somebody if you pray for them. That, that'll change your, that just changes how you do life. I'm done. So if you're here tonight, you go, I want to be, be that church. I want to be that person that positions themselves to go, God, use me. Help, help me to grasp this thing so that I can then share it with other people. God's love cannot be depleted. The more you give it away, the more it's coming back to you. And the more you give it away, don't worry about the, don't worry about the, you can't deplete the love of God. So if you're here tonight, you go, I want to be, I want to be that. I, I, I will, I'll stand up with you and say, yep, I'm going to be that church that, that I want to be used to, 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 to d- distribute God's love so that this city can be flipped upside down for Jesus Christ. I, I'm telling you, we did not move down here for this city to stay as jacked up as it is. We did not come down here with our own jacked up lives for them to stay just like it was. We didn't move down here with a jacked up marriage for it to stay the same way. We came so that God can change and reverse the curse on our lives somebody say but do I gotta do I gotta get upset and spit like you do whatever it takes that's not my personality but I'm telling you what when you really grasp God's love for you and you see people who are hurting who need it bless God you better you need a fire under your butt you do well, I'm not going to be like you. I'm not telling you you have to be like me. Just let somebody know in their imperfection state that Jesus loves them and accepts them just like they are. That's what you need to tell them. And then as they experience his love, that will change. It's not up to me to sit here and make sure that I'm saying it the right way so you do change. That means I'm the changer and I didn't do anything for you. I'm the communicator of how change takes place. That takes the responsibility and all the heavy heaviness that we have as Christians. Well, but what if they don't come back? And what if they don't? And what if it doesn't change? Was it real? Was it? You just you just be obedient and let God do the work. That's the freedom that most pastors need. Instead of feeling like, well, they're not changing. So so my, my church is full of people who are sinners. Well, bless God, aren't they supposed to be full of sin? If I got a room full of Christians, we all just gonna sit here and wait on him? So we can dip our toes in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the river in glory? No, I want a house full of Christians and lost people. Not, not a segregated area for lost people. I want us to be all mixed up so that they can experience the love and they can feel like it's not just from a platform, but it's the same people beside them. You don't invite them and then let them sit to the side. I promised I was done. But I'm, I'm just a little bit fired up at this point. Because I believe that God has drawn some people here on a Wednesday night, people who are hungry, and, and, and now I'm trying to go, okay, that same hunger, 
be a fragrance. Man, when, when, when I go by a restaurant, I might not even be hungry. But when I smell what's going on on the inside, I want to go inside and take part of what's going on. It's true. So I want my life to be that same fragrance. I want to be that filet mignon. I want to be that, I want to be that, that steamed broccoli with the, with, the, with the butter all over it. So people go, mm, that is so good. I want some of that. I want that fragrance of Jesus to just be oozing out of me so that people go, I don't know what it is about him. I'm not really sure that I want to be like that explosive and expressive, but, but, I, but I need that change in my marriage. I need that change in my, in my life. And that's what God wants to give you. By standing tonight, I'm telling you, if you meant it, God will change, begin to change your mind. He will change your heart, and he's going to begin to change your world where you live. Do you believe it? Amen. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. <laughs> God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. I don't even think I really understood it all until I got to the end. But God, I pray that this church, and as, as it continues to grow, and as people come in, God, they will see past all the superficialness of, i got to be transformed to be in a part of. God, may they feel beyond a shadow of a doubt that they can come just as they are. And God, you will do the work. You will make the change. You will bring the change. But God, the change starts with us first. God, may not one person ever walk through these doors and feel like they are not welcome and that God you don't love them and that they feel undeserved of your love God may may your love when they walk through these doors God may it so saturate them that all they want to do is to take that and get as much of it as they can and give it away and then come back for more that's the church God we desire to be in Jesus name God we love you Can we say this together? Say, Father God, change starts in me tonight, now. Change my thought process. Change my heart. Change my habits. Because of your love, Lord Jesus. God, that's our prayer tonight. We love you. We honor you. You are the reason we sing. You're the reason we live. And if you love him tonight, everybody say, thank you, Jesus. We love you. Have a great evening. Don't forget Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. Big surprise. Do not miss it. Thanks for coming out tonight. We love y'all. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.